You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. This time we have Deegan Morrison from Hero Forge. So sit back, relax, and have a listen. All right. Well, first off, I want to say thank you and welcome, Tegan, to Tabletop Arcanum. Happy to have you join us for a discussion today. My pleasure, Justin. I'm really looking forward to talking all about Hero Forge and maybe even unveiling a little bit that, uh, that our fans Ooh, don't know about. <laughs> fancy. All right, so that's a teaser for later. Um, why don't we start at the top, though? Who are you? And give me a little bit of, like, if someone asks who is Tegan Morrison, what do you tell them? Well, assuming we're asking that in the context of Hero Forge, once upon a time, a long time ago, even from an early age, I, I kind of became obsessed with making games and, and even how games and websites interact. I made my first arcade game when I was 11 and put it on the internet for people to play. Like That was a very exciting process for me. Later on, I ended up in video games. So I was at a video game company called Naughty Dog for 10 years and worked on a franchise called Uncharted. It's well known, I think, within the video game spheres. And then moved to my own company, Hero Forge, uh, that was just so close to my heart um, in terms of both an intersection of art and technology on the internet, but also just collaborative storytelling. Uh, I'm a huge collaborative storytelling fan. And uh, I really love the people and the community that build around stories and around companies in this case. When you, when you bring art and tech together, you bring friends along with, with you to make, make that art and tech. <laughs> awesome. And then, so what took you from being just the gamer to actually joining that industry? What were those catalyst moments that made you make that jump? I'll, I'll give you some really early, early years catalyst moments. And that was, uh, I asked my mum for an, an action man. It's the equivalent in America of G.I. Joe. I was like, and this would be this would be five six year old me. I was like, Mom, can I can I have an action man? And she said, No, but you can make your own. <laughs> and then sort of pointed me to a bunch of cardboard and paper and scissors. And I was like, all right, I did. I made a fully kind of articulating action man that I colored it with with pens and played with that while other kids were were playing with a storeboard. Uh, and I think that that's a good microcosm of my childhood in terms of just <laughs> the the difference between making a thing and playing a thing. There's always no difference at all. They were the same thing. If I fa- like tried a puzzle, uh, I had to go immediately start making puzzles. It was a, it's been like that, I think, my whole life. So at no point did the transition happen because it was always happening. <laughs> that's awesome. And like, oh man, the, the microcosm of the idea of like, a six-year-old Tegan is pretty much like your mom pretty much told you to make Hero Forge in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right, even even all the way back then. <laughs> um, like, and it, oh. it turns out that papercraft, making things out of papercraft and polygons is nowhere near as different as you'd imagine. <laughs> it's just, you know, add a dimension and that's all you gotta do, right? I mean, the, the papercraft was three dimensions already. Oh, there you go. Yeah, polygons are one dimensional until you start adding them together. <laughs> mm, there's the magic. Yeah, that's the magic. 
And that kind of leads into my next question then. So like since you've been in the video game industry and now are in the tabletop gaming industry, what similarities have you found that join those two industries? And then maybe some of those highlight some of those things that are not so similar either. Sure. I, I mean, on a sort of a face value, Hero Forge is very much like a video game character creator. The start of any AAA video game might, might give you a character creator similar, perhaps not as in-depth. Uh, but in the end result, you're ending up with a character that you're playing with in your imagination for Hero Forge, or at least a token to represent that imagination. So certainly a lot of overlap. There's an interesting kind of comparison between the, f uh, the fan bases that I have in the both video games in working in Uncharted and with Hero Forge, just the fans and the consumers of those products were just so ferociously in love with what we were making. But in tabletop RPGs, the start of the thing they're in love with is in their imagination, like their character, they came up with it. The bar that we have to hit to match that imagination is just, there's, there's no end to it. And, and it's just so gratifying to work with a fan base that loves what they're creating with your with your tools that much. And, and we realized at some point a few years in that there would never ever be an end to the features and additions and tools that we can add to Hero Forge because the bar is people's imagination. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then one thing I always like talking about is what games have you been playing lately? <laughs> uh, I, I do love, like I said, collaborative storytelling. Uh, I had the absolute pleasure of being in a game that our marketing director, Fox, ran over the last couple of years with the pandemic. Uh, they started kind of a, a remote game and they've been writing books in these worlds that they're running this game in. So I got the treat of being in the most detailed and richly kind of it, like just sink into the minutia of the world gaming experience I think I've ever had. Um, it was so far removed from kind of a regular module of D&D. It wasn't even the D&D system. It was just, it, it was spectacular. And then me personally, I love introducing people to D&D. I love it. I've introduced upwards of 100 people to D&D at this point. And my vow, the, the sort of my tenant here is always finish the arc. <laughs> mm, mm -hmm. Because it, it, everyone's first D&D experience usually is, oh, we played for like three or four months and then, ah, there was a breakup within the group and then it never finished. So I think successfully finished a game, finished a whole story arc with more than 100 people at this point. That's definitely the impressive part. Yeah, like you said, it's always something that happens, whether it's a, a social dynamic breakdown or just scheduling conflicts or what oh, have you. Oh, always. And, and I don't have a perfect record, I'll admit, but... Uh, I do pride myself in giving people a complete first-time D&D experience. <laughs> we had talked a little bit prior. You actually had mentioned something about a wizard with a printing error. <laughs> so, like, I want to know the story. I, 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 I got to tell you this one. So I'd run these in-person games with mm -hmm. four other friends, basically. I, I collect friends who haven't tried D&D. And whenever someone's like, I haven't tried any collaborative storytelling, to me... That's like if you told me you'd never seen a movie. Imagine how excited I would be for you to see a movie. That's how I feel and how I end up collecting these friends together. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta try it. A friend, Kelly, in this case, was playing uh, a wizard. And because I, I work for Hero Forge at Hero Forge, of mm -hmm. course, I'm printing everybody's miniatures. This was our, this was our Hero Forge test printer. Uh, so not the ones we use commercially, but just for these test prints, just to see how it goes. So I kicked off this batch 
it was ready to go the second the players arrived. So we were, we're de- unsprewing these miniatures <laughs> as players were arriving, and poor Kelly's wizard had a printing error. So we're talking sliced in half, right up across the torso at a diagonal. Ooh. And a beautiful part of collaborative storytelling is that element of randomness that tempers the power of the player versus the GM. And in this case, it's like, I'm so sorry, Kelly. Your wizard has had a terrible accident involving magic, <laughs> and the top half of their torso is invisible. And I knew Kelly at this point. I knew that she was going to be very excited to play that character. And she's like, oh, no, I, I guess that's just how I'm going to have to go about the world. <laughs> and she just fantastically role-played this, this wizard that had an invisible upper half through the entire game that we ran, and it just had a blast, like, leaning in to the randomness in this case that was produced oh. by a printing hour. <laughs> yeah, man, that's oh, that's awesome. All right, Thegan, let's let's then pivot a little bit and move a little bit more into Hero Forge itself then. Sure. Why don't you give me the origin of Hero Forge? Well, Christmas is almost coming up, so it's only appropriate that the story of Hero Forge is a Christmas story. Perfect. <laughs> uh, it was a, a group of friends, mostly housemates, who were living in the community house that I run. Love fostering community in all the different ways. But uh, one of my best friends, Josh, was playing in a game with another good friend. We were all playing for the first time. We'd never played before. Mm -hmm. And he was like, for Christmas, I want to get everybody their first miniatures. And he really took a very active role in helping us find those miniatures. He was like, how about this one? What about this one? Are you, in this case, I was playing something like it was my first character too. It was something weird, like a orc cleric. It was very difficult to find these miniatures. And we went back and forth for a while. I ended up, I used to be into miniatures back in the day, like Warhammer. Um, I ended up kind of kit bashing one together. So I bought a couple of miniatures, uh, had Josh buy me for Christmas a, f- a few miniatures, and I sliced some weapons apart and glued them on and painted and sort of created a full miniature for the first time in, in a decade. And I think immediately that miniature broke because you know, you're gluing tiny things together. And that experience of not having been able to match my imagination in any way really stuck with me. Josh and I uh, were having a conversation and the idea of like what what if we did like a kind of a kickstarter where we sent people pieces of miniatures and they could kind of glue them together was sort of the very first seed that josh was Mm. like i I wanted to get you guys this but it didn't exist what if we did this Uh, and that was the very first kind of spark of like oh well maybe we can do something even more advanced can we have like a character creator and we can use this new technology that barely been on the scene for more than a couple of years at this point it really just started to come into its own i remember those first test prints where we were just sort of like is this a thing getting them in the mail and seeing this sort of this rough out of a character that was real that was tangible that just being so thrilled that the fingers were like individually visible and Mm. we did a bunch of even at that stage we were doing all these kind of thickness tests and was this even possible and when the answer came back is yeah we think it might be we we started to take it pretty seriously and over christmas break like this little ragtag group of friends put together a kickstarter that that honestly back then was just it was all smoke and mirrors as soon as i knew it was possible I tested it to the point that I knew we could really do this. And then we just needed to show what it might be like, you know, if you imagined it. The the demo on the original Kickstarter that was showing a character being made in a browser, like it really was in a browser. 
if I'd clicked one thing even slightly wrong, it would have crashed. <laughs> there. Um, but I, I knew it was possible. I was very confident we could do it at that point. So it's like, this is what we want to make. Please, please help us. And <laughs> Your Forge has been around long enough for that. That was like the magic of a Kickstarter at the time. I was like, it was. I have this crazy idea. Can you help me make it a reality? That It really was. It was a very earnest ask from like a small group of friends to like just the the crowds out there who wanted the same thing as we did they said yes we can here do this thing go make this thing and we said well gosh guess we really really will now and like you you hit the perfect thing with the origin story of like how many times you know like i've been a gamer for 30 years now how many times it was like okay this is a mini this is mini this is my options like ah this is close enough i guess and you like you just settle for good enough and well apparently it, for me one time is all it took <laughs> right well everyone gets to that spot in a different spot but like, but I, I was lucky that the, the time was ripe to, to right. make this right to make a change so it wouldn't have to happen again <laughs> yeah and that, that's the thing is like it's so awesome to see like you found a need instantly like well yeah there's creative people who can do really amazing kit bashing that's a learned skill that not everybody has the time or patience for <laughs> yeah that's the hope is is making that your imagination is becoming real mm -hmm. like accessible to everyone and, and we yeah we really did hit onto under a need and I'd, I'd give that recommendation to anyone who's thinking about creating something is if you want it to exist chances are there's going to be a lot of other people out there who want it to exist too <laughs> <laughs> that is very true my next question kind of leans into like what are the core values of hero forge and like we kind of talked a little bit about it as more of a maybe a company angle but also you know hero forge is a product line and things like that you know have its own sets of values so however you want to address that go for it Fair enough. Yeah, let's uh, let's dig in. And, and a lot of them are born in our origin story there. Mm -hmm. And that you start a company with friends. To be fair, we grew it with nearly exclusively people we knew or had connections to for so so many years. Because when we asked ourselves, when we asked ourselves, who do we know, or you know, how are we going to find the best person for this role? Mm -hmm. The answer nearly always ended up, wait, we know that person over there. It's they're a friend of ours because mm -hmm. LA is just filled with creatives and programmers, etc. Creating a company of friends, we have tried to maintain the healthiest culture that we can when it comes to work-life balance and benefits. So I remember when we were at a stage with the company a few years in, we started to get stable in terms of um, income through the site. We started paying for everyone's health insurance fully. And okay. I remember like a friend just sort of tearing up and being like, this is the kind of company I want to work for where it's, it's about us. It's about the best life that we can live. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was really beautiful to just kind of take that, that approach. Um, and to to build our best lives together, making a thing we love. <laughs> yeah, right. We've Why taken not? every opportunity like that we can. We have a, a few other kind of core tenants there that we've had from the start. I, I've got a wild diversity of friends and, and diversity of people who work within the company now as a result. And the character creators that we saw out there were not as representative and as inclusive as we wanted them to be. For example, one of the things we did right from the beginning was gender on Hero Forge is analog. Like mm -hmm. it is not, it's not a binary. Um, in fact, it's richer than analog. It doesn't say you're going to be into one of these two boxes. Uh, we very deliberately 
uh, made things sliders, opened those options to all sorts of just mix and match to try to represent just the, the beautiful rainbow array of humans in real life. <laughs> and then just Hero Forge in general is like, we just, we love melding art and tech together to create like these really easy to use tools. I, I love that intersection of computer science, art and design. And then, oh geez, our advanced users though, the, the power of the tools, if you keep digging through menus and you become an expert mm -hmm. at HeroForge, our users post things that we don't know how they made anymore. <laughs> like we look at that and we're like, I have no idea. We didn't account for this. We didn't provide any of the pieces to make that work. Yet somehow you have this character that's completely unrecognized, even from, it might be even a non-human thing. We're talking spaceships and inanimate objects. It wow. just, it's wild. <laughs> well, and the... Isn't that like a, a great hallmark of like you built something and it's now just evolved into whatever it is <laughs> yeah. and you don't even know where, you know, the, the user's coming from to even start that point. But absolutely. The more yeah. power we give the users, the more they surprise us. So like as like hungry for features as users are, we're equally as hungry to see the wild <laughs> things they come up with them. <laughs> And I'll talk about some of them later. We got some tools in the works that are just, we're talking handcuffs off, box blown wide open that we are. Pandora's box is just exploding across Hero Forge in the future. I, I'm slightly terrified at the, <laughs> the, the problem space we'll be working in. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that in a moment. We've talked about how Hero Forge was initially like this brainchild and like, hey, let, let's let's build a Kickstarter. And, and you even said like it's all smoke and mirrors. So like Project One, Campaign One, the origin and start of Hero Forge, and then now you've gone through a second uh, iteration of Hero Forge 2.0. There's obviously a huge gap of knowledge gained and a huge different approach. So talk me through how you approach 2.0 from the like lessons learned and, and everything you got out of uh, the, the original launch. What project. an incredibly like contrasted set of projects to compare. Hero Forge 1 was a small group of friends just testing an idea. Like, they wanted to see a thing exist. It was over Christmas break. We all had full-time jobs for the most part. We kind of just did this because out of just love for the possibility. And it was all scrapped together. We didn't have a marketing guy at that point. We were missing team members. We had to beg friends to contribute. It was it was all put together the best we could under the circumstances. I, I'd never done marketing before. I had to go online and figure that out and start advertising for it, for example. And it was a beautiful learning process for sure, but we had no idea if that was gonna work. We just wanted to see. Flash forward, I guess, six, six years later, Mm -hmm. And we've got a 25-person team. Kickstarter initial round was enough to sort of propel us into the snowballing and growing and growing. Thank you so much for everybody who took a risk on just a group of friends who had an idea. Like, it, it just, it, it tears me up almost to like, to think that people saw that and said, we're, we're with you. We're on board. Let's make this thing. Like, you, you guys haven't you know your new team you haven't made anything before but your idea mm -hmm. is exciting enough to us and we want to see it exist so flash forward all those years later and we're doing 2.0 and we one just cannot believe how cool color tech is like we have been we have been printing out color minis for many many years secretly with a bunch of different printers all the time every time one comes in we're like let's look we'll unpackage it with excitement and we're like no it's not there yet it needs to be there 
this color Kickstarter was that kind of moment. If it's here, it's ready to go onto a tabletop. These minis look beautiful on a tabletop. And we have a full team of just expertise behind this whole Kickstarter. It was, an ex- it was a really, really exciting one. Like it felt like we were coming into our own as like kind of a company and mm-hmm. uh, our technology for 2.0 was so underway and we had so much faith in it. It wasn't strung together. Our 2.0 Kickstarter was like, we're showing you real developed tech that's been like hardly tested. I mean, we had a long way to go. Oh my gosh, was it difficult to implement <laughs> the color features that we promised? But mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the, like, it wasn't like a kernel. It wasn't a mustard seed. It was a, it was a snowball only getting bigger. Wow, mixed metaphors there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, big... Big, big shift, big shift. I guess that leads us to our final segment here of like, what is next? What are some of those newest and latest additions that you've put into Hero Forge recently? Where's Where's the next step? I'm so excited to talk about this. I am take, it's taking everything, not to just gush and list off way too many features that can make <laughs> sense. So. We'll piecemeal it out. It's okay. I'm gonna take a deep breath and uh, and say one, we had a lot of promises in the 2.0 Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. We blew through stretch goals at a rate we weren't anticipating and had to kind of scramble and sort of take some of our pie in the sky dream ideas and stick them on that list. And we're like, we'll do that. We'll, we'll add a face customizer. And there's a few left to hit. Like our priority is kind of meeting those promises. And the last ones to hit are the one little line of stretch goal and a Kickstarter, but they are entirely new explosions of possibilities and incredibly mm-hmm. in-depth R&D projects. Face Customizer is is one of them. Wildly excited to say that our Face Customizer is shaping up to be the best Face Customizer, the most like in-depth in all video games. I have never seen a Face Customizer that can do what ours can do. And that is just I mean, I'm, I just can't, I can hardly believe it. Every time our, our team shows an update, I'm like, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can't wait to unveil that. It's going to be wild. Um, suddenly, like, not just your whole miniatures set up, your get up, your outfit, your, your um, items that you're holding are going to mm-hmm. be real, but how you imagine your character's face to look um, and all of the storytelling and expressiveness that comes with that. Uh, the face customizer alone is more in-depth, more technically advanced than the entirety of the first Hero Forge. Mm. And that was just one stretch goal on the Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so can't wait for that. Just to list off a few other things that we've got in the works. For the Kickstarter, we'll be adding clothing patterns, but and this was one of our kind of biggest sadnesses for the Kickstarter was that we didn't hit the clothing layering stretch goal. People wanted to be able to mix and match overcoats and undercoats and really kind of make those big impact uh, right. combinations. So like I'm wearing like a chain shirt, but then I have like a trench coat over it sort of deal. Absolutely, absolutely. And we were kind of as heartbroken as everyone else that we didn't mm-hmm. hit it. But a couple of things happened. One, uh, the kind of the after sales for the Kickstarter took us over that stretch goal behind the scenes. And on top of that, we realized we want to be everything that people want us to be. Like we, we can't just pass up a, <laughs> a new thing that people really, really want that we want. We can't at all. 
and the longer we go passing that up, the harder it will be to add retroactively. Super excited to do layered clothing. And once that's out, we'll be able to add clothing patterns on top of that. And then the other one, just a little stretch goal of the Kickstarter was more mounts. Mm -hmm. we've, we've already got some mounts. It'll be easy to add a couple more. <laughs> Why not? And of course, like in, in classic Hero Forge style where we start digging in and we end up looking to the maximum kind of impact that we can have with crazy, crazy tools. We are now developing a fully fledged monster maker. So if you want to make your, just your strange badger that has like wings and a scorpion tail and it's, it's its own mini, go for it. So we're kind of exploding the problem space and creating a like a, a, a system to last us into the forever in terms of what you can make. <laughs> Right, at that point, it's just adding bits and bobs to it until, you know, the, your users come back and go, what is that? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, until we come back and look at what the users make and say, mm -hmm. what is that? How did they do that? <laughs> I mean, but, and also just works of art at this point mm -hmm. with the uh, lighting effects that users can add and the way that they can pose things. There is just gorgeous pieces of work and the new tools we're working on will make that way more possible it's just it's so um just viscerally beautiful to see what users come up with <laughs> so that's like the next steps of what what we i guess we can call 2.0 what is the dream to hit 3.0 what <laughs> what in your brain like what is that next like hero forge 1.0 was this 2.0 is this where does what's the next elevation well if we're gonna really keep projecting forward as far as we can at that point you're talking 3D printers that are layering atom by atom, like specific atom, specific molecule by specific molecule, and 3D printing entirely sentient, alive, tiny figures that will battle for your pleasure on the tabletop. There we go. <laughs> you just have to tell it to walk five feet forward and it does it. Absolutely. There you go. That's, that's the ultimate conclusion, really, of, of 3D printing. <laughs> Star Trek replicators creating tiny sentient life. <laughs> right. Uh, but that is a great question. In general, our roadmap is adding more tools to Hero Forge. It's agonizing to see a user who has some very specific, unique thing that's about their character and they can't express that. We're like, we, just, we want you to express that as badly as you do. We're kind of, like I said earlier, we're kind of taking the cuffs off. Hero Forge has been a very, hey, if it's not printable, we're not going to let you do it. There are tools we're adding that we're working on that just let you go wild, let you scale anything, any way you'd like, create any weird proportions, move anything anywhere you want, uh, add anything to any location, really advanced tools that make it far more akin to a professional 3D software package mm -hmm. than a miniature creator. And while uh, it might not be for everybody in terms of its complexity, the users who really want a thing will be able to make these things happen on top of that, we're working on ecosystems for sharing. Someone makes something amazing, they'll be able to share it to a library, you'll be able to search that library. We're very excited for that, just library of creations being so accessible. Hopefully like that all kind of culminates in being able to handle just anything people can imagine. That's our goal. Mm -hmm. If you can imagine it, you can make it with Hero Forge. The other advancements, the other kind of 3.0 advancements come more in the form of how you can use Hero Forge. We're working with Tailspire and numerous other virtual tabletops right now mm -hmm. to create HeroForge integration. We want you to be able to buy HeroForge Mini and take it to any tabletop 
out there. And I think that's going to be very, very powerful. Well, Tegan, I, that's everything I had for us today. So I want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. It's been great talking with you. And I cannot wait to see what Hero Forge has next and to essentially play with it myself because I was blown away with 1.0 back uh, recently with 2.0 and like saw the new tools and went, holy heck. <laughs> it's a whole new game and only it's, just it's scratch, it's like tip see. of the iceberg tip, tip right. of the iceberg when it comes to what we're adding to hero forge and mm -hmm. wildly excited exciting about this justin it has been an absolute pleasure chatting uh, i hope my if my enthusiasm for what we're working on came across appropriately and me personally i cannot wait to see what you and the other hero forge creators come up with well, thank you, and uh, we'll hopefully not scare your team too much when we <laughs> with what you see. <laughs> I mean, the the more you scare us, I think the better. The the, <laughs> the more excited we are by like we share the how did we do this? How did they do this minis with the whole team every time we see one? Because it's Perfect. a delight to be surprised. So can't wait. Thank you so much. And welcome. Back. I hope you enjoyed that discussion, had some laughs, got some insights into what Hero Forge is all about, and I hope you have a deeper understanding of Hero Forge and goings-ons there within. As always, thank you for listening. This has been Tabletop Arcanum. Make sure to follow us on the social medias of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe, get those notifications so you find out when new content drops. As always, happy gaming. <music>